TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Thank you for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Wednesday here. It's a hump day in the fine city of Chicago. Lots of sports to talk about, no question about it. We're kind of uh, filling in some of the stuff from the weekend that was, and we start to take a sneak peek, a little quick preview at a pretty good sports weekend coming. What's going on this weekend that we can talk about, that we can preview? Well, certainly the uh, Riders' Cup. We haven't talked a lot of golf of late. Did have a dramatic finish in the FedEx Cup uh, last Sunday or last weekend. It ended out in the final hole on Sunday with Jimmy Furyk bringing it home. We got the Riders Cup. Riders up! All oh, Riders up! Hold your tickets, please. Hold your tickets. The Riders Cup this weekend from Wales. Where is Wales, David? I, I know I should know that. Is it? We're talking England, right? Yeah, it's part of the United Kingdom. Part of the. Where's the United Kingdom? Well, that would be. Uh, <laughs> Well, that would be Great Britain, okay. Ireland, yes. or part of Ireland, okay. I should say. Not all of Ireland, mm-hmm. part of Ireland. And Scotland, that's the United okay. Kingdom. So. Thank you. Our geographical expert, David Olson, clearing things up for us. I, re- I read where it's at Newport, comma, Wales, and I got all excited. Very, very cool. And then I started to say, well, where is Newport, comma, Wales? But it's part of the United Kingdom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, part of England. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating sports talk radio. By the way, if anybody wants copies or transcripts, of today's show, they can get that by writing us here at thetalkzone.com. Better yet, email us and we'll send you the transcripts. I don't know why anybody would want the transcripts. But if they do, we'll be happy to send them out. Email us at uh, two guys, Mike at AOL.com. And don't forget, that's the number two and guys. Two guys, Mike at AOL.com. David Olson, our producer today. Coach Flying Solo, that's me, John Cohn. Hopefully going to be joined in the very near future by Mr. Joel Radwanski, the big dog, our normal co-host on the show. And of course, we hope you jump aboard as well. Our phone number here is 888 888-463-6748. 888-463-6748. We mentioned the weekend coming up, a little sneak preview. It's only Wednesday. We don't want to get too much into it, but certainly you got the Riders Cup golf tournament. You got a, a very, very impressive Saturday of college football. A lot of top 25 teams clashing horns and, uh, here in the Midwest anyways, conference play begins. Big 10 football. The exhibition season. The non-conference season is over. It's time for conference play. So we got some solid Saturday football. You got some big NFL games coming up and, um, the baseball season. The baseball season comes to a conclusion, as I'm watching on the screen right now, the Cincinnati Reds celebrating, celebrating making the playoffs. And I want to talk about that celebration, too, because I'm in a bit of a quandary. But uh, we don't want to forget the baseball races of the baseball season comes to a close this weekend. we still got one race going on, although that race it's not done yet. But the picture is starting to be painted. It took a while, but it looks like uh, the color that's going to be left out of that particular painting is the beautiful brown and yellow. They still go brown and yellow? I haven't seen a San Diego Padre game for a while. Yeah, I know they're playing our Cubs. I haven't watched the Cubs, though. Yeah, I, I think they went away from that color okay. scheme. I think they did. I think you're right. I'm, I'm back in like the old Nate Colbert, Tony Gwynn Sr. days with that uh, rather ugly, if you're going to wear yeah. brown and yellow, yeah. 
you have to be good. That's my theory. Yeah, it looked they like wore, a Browns chicken uniform. It, that's what it looked like. That's what, And again, if you're good, you can get away with that and the uniform will sell. But don't wear brown and yellow if you're not good. That's not a pretty sight at all. But uh, the San Diego Padres appear to be dropping a little bit out of the race. They're a game and a half back. Now the Cubs beat them again. 5-2, to two, Cub over the Padres. The Cubs are hot. David, I haven't done the math, but just to check here, heading into the final week, the Cubs have been mathematically eliminated. Have we determined that? They were mathematically eliminated the second week of April, Coach. Right, take, you it can... take it easy. Even if we win the rest of our games and the uh, Cincinnati Reds completely collapse this final week of the season, the Cubs are ducks. Too bad. Because I'm telling you right now, with tongue firmly implanted in cheek and possibly a couple other locations, I'm telling you right now, you bring the Cubs in the playoffs right now, we're hot. Mike Quade might bring us to the promised land. Too little, too late. <laughs> well, no, no, seriously. This is kind of this yes. is kind of typical Cubs. It re- it really is. Yeah. They are so far out of it, and then they turn it on, and now now mm-hmm. now they're respectable. Because yeah, yeah, the Mike Quade area era has been very very successful yep. for the Cubs. Yeah. There's no no doubt about that. But and now it's going to put some pressure on Jim Hendry, Tom Ricketts, and company. Who are going to make the decision because uh, Mike Quade, you know, was kind of cute for a while. Uh, you know, they're three and one. They were, you know, four and two, you know, six and two under Mike Quade, but it's gone beyond the cute point at this point. I'm not saying it's a revelation. I'm not saying it's definitive, but it's because it's, it's, be, it's gone beyond the cute, fun little story. And it's been a significant period of time now where, and in some cases against contending teams, i.e., the last couple of days. And some good rivalry games, Cubs and Cardinals. That Mike Quade has taken a group of youngsters brought up from AAA, combined them with some veterans that very easily could be playing for nothing. And no clubhouse problems. Everybody seems to be on the same page. They're competing. All of a sudden, they're coming up with big hits. All of a sudden, the pitchers are coming through when it counts. I don't know. It puts Jim Henry in a quandary for next year. Maybe he thought Mike Quade was just the interim manager. You know, a little token... Head coaching job. Maybe we'll bring him back as the bench coach again next year. I think you got to take a real look at him now. And it's probably, it's a good problem to have if you're Jim Henry because you got a lot of good candidates. But it is a problem because Mike Quade, uh, especially if they don't collapse here in the end of the season, it's been a long enough um, look right now to say this guy's legit. And the Cub players, who many of them, it's not going to be a major overhaul next year. And we're not going to talk a lot of Cub baseball here. I know that's not first and foremost, but. A lot of those guys are coming back next year. If they're playing for Mike Quade now, you know, can they play for him when it counts? In April, May, June, July, and hopefully beyond, we will see. Certainly something for Jim Henry to think about. Jimmy, if you're listening to the show right now, I would be happy to consult with you. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing on the air, but feel free to give me a call off air, and I'll be happy to uh, come and have a little half hour, sit down, and give you my input. I like Sandberg and Quade both on the bench next year. Could be Quade and Sandberg. Could be Sandberg and Quade. I don't care what order. I like both those guys. The veteran, the youngster, the ex-player, the longtime coach, the Peoria native, the prospect high school grad, both of them Chicago Cub fans growing up, long-time, long-time guys. I like that combination. Jimmy Henry, give me a call. 888-463-6748. Or if we have any members of the Henry family listening to the uh, program, feel free to pass the message on to Jim. All right, so we got college football on the docket. we got NFL football, the baseball races coming to a close, and the Ryder Cup, all that to talk about. And, again, our phone lines are open here, hopefully. 
Big Dog will be joining us in a little bit. 888-463-6748. Producer extraordinaire, David Olson. Just to clarify, the Uh-oh. San Diego Padres colors are now navy blue and sand brown. Shocking. Yeah, so it's like a, it's like a tan. Yeah, I like that. Not just brown, but sand brown. Uh, yeah, that's from yeah. the official team website, yes. sand brown. It's like girls and their driver's license, you know, not not blonde, but strawberry blonde, you know. <laughs> exactly. All right, exactly. navy. Well, that's 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 not a bad look. And do you know what the color state is? Speaking of color, do you know what strawberry blonde is? Not particularly, no. Okay. Because my son has strawberry blonde. Oh, really? It it looks blonde, but in the sunlight, it looks red. God bless. strawberry blonde. I'm all for it, and I don't know when your son will be driving, probably about 14 years from now, but uh, as long as he doesn't put strawberry blonde on his driver's license. Yeah, we're all good. (laughs) I'm all... Okay, for that, 888-463-6748. Again, our phone number. If you want to join us, we'd love to hear from you. Want to get off the sports page, we can do that, too. Yeah, I'm watching the uh, Cincinnati Reds celebrating rather vociferously. If I could use that word. God bless you. Both after, I think it was Jay Bruce hit the game-winning hit, and in the locker room, they're doing the champagne thing. Pouring the champagne, pouring the beer over each other and celebrating and I mentioned I'm a little torn on this. And torn to my my first instinct is they've had this thing wrapped up for a long time. Why? And you've got you know you've got the round one of the playoffs, round two of the playoffs, the chant, the uh, pennant race, and then and then if you go to it, the World Series. So you know why have the big celebration now? You know if you want to celebrate a little bit, but pouring the champagne in the locker room. And, you know, jumping up and down all over each other on the field, maybe maybe the latter, but not so much the former. That was my initial instinct, but I said I'm torn a little bit. And, again, any fans that want to chime in on this, it's been brought up before, not a major story, but an interesting one, and that's what sports talk is uh, hopefully all about, 888-463-6748. On the other end of it is baseball is a long season. It is a battle of attrition. And over the 160-game schedule or whatever we are into it now, 156, 157 games, uh, you know what? You clinch your division spot and you make the playoffs you deserve to celebrate. So there's a little bit of that, too. I hate to be a killjoy. Hate to break up the celebration. I think my instincts are more with the former than the latter. It just doesn't seem right. Again, you want to celebrate a little bit on the field, some high fives in the locker room, maybe have a but the whole champagne thing with the cameras and the shower curtains or the curtains, you know, protecting the locker rooms and everybody spraying champagne over each other. That's too much. Too much. I could see if you clinched it, you know, if it was a battle with another team right to the final game. And then you clinch a playoff spot, maybe. Maybe then a little unbridled celebration would be understandable. But the Cincinnati Reds have been at have had a clinch for a while. So it just seemed like a little bit over the top. But, again, I don't want to be a killjoy here, and I can sort of see both sides of the story. All I can say is thank good, uh, thank goodness Dusty Baker kept the towel on in the background because that would have been a truly, truly scary saw. Dusty did drop trow at the locker, but they did keep the towel on. Thank goodness. <laughs> All right. So the Cincinnati Reds have clinched it, and I think the New York Yankees clinched their playoff spot yesterday or clinched their – uh, division yesterday. We're going to get the matchups pretty soon. Obviously, we know the four teams in the American League, and uh, boy, hard to pick up. And there rarely is because these are the four best teams typically that make it, but hard to pick a weak sister in that bunch. Texas Ranger, Minnesota Twins, Tampa Bay Ray, and the New York Yankee. I guess the um, easy thought would be to say maybe the Rangers possibly, 
the weakest link, but you look at that Texas Ranger lineup top to bottom, and you look at that starting pitching staff, you you could say they may be the weakest of the four, possibly they're the weak link. It could very easily turn into the Texas Rangers, the most talented team of the bunch, and they get on a roll and win the whole damn American League. That's a pretty balanced four. And the Minnesota Twins, again, if you look at their starting pitching, and if you look at their everyday lineup and just put it on paper, okay, the Minnesota Twins don't match up. But we all know the paper can be torn pretty easily. Paper can be scrumpled up pretty quickly. That paper don't mean anything. Anybody that's watched the Minnesota Twins play their 157 games, or particularly the 60-some-odd games they've played since the All-Star break, uh, know that they're not only pretty good on paper, they're real good as a performance team. Ronnie Gardenhire's got them playing at a high level, so you can't count the Twins out. That American League, you can mix them up any way you want. you got four teams that are pretty talented and um, very, very balanced. The National League, not nearly as strong. You're going to have it looks like. Looks like the San Francisco Giants and the Atlanta Braves are going to win that marathon. The San Diego Padres running out of gas. They're like the um, marathon runner that started out very well. Middle of the race, they just took off. And they almost got out of sight of the other runners. But they never could quite lose the other runners. And then all of a sudden, last third of the uh, race, the other runners came into sight. The Padres still had a comfortable lead. It wasn't dramatic. Well, I shouldn't say that. Shouldn't say that because San Diego did have a 10-game losing streak in there. So there was a period of time when they lost a lot of ground. And now they were, or the last week or so, they were trying to hang on. They're out of breath. The other runner has a little bit more left. They can see the finish line. The Padres trying to hang on. What's not working too well. The other runner finally has passed them up. Now, do the San Diego Padres have one last kick? We've seen that before. When a runner gets beaten, but all of a sudden they dig down. They find that adrenaline kick when all looked like it was lost and able to come back. You never know. The Padres could do that, but they're going to probably have to win their last three or four games. Looks like it's going to be the Giants, Padres, um, Cincinnati Reds, and the Philadelphia Phillies. And and in the National League, unlike the American League, and again, baseball fans, you want to chime in, feel free to do so. You can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com. I think I gave out our AOL, our wrong address last time, our email address. I gave out our website. Our email address is Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C and the number two. Mike2Guys, AOL.com. Our phone number here, 888-463-6748. Unlike the American League playoffs, the National League, I think, has a clear-cut favorite. The Philadelphia Phillies, hottest team in baseball right now. In addition to being hot, you look at their talent level from top to bottom, and they're the most talented team. Doesn't mean they're going to win. Five-game series, seven-game series, anything can happen couple of hot pitchers can carry. And the San Francisco Giants, for one, have the capability of getting a couple of pitchers that can dominate. So I'm not saying Philadelphia's automatically in, but clearly they are the prohibitive favorite. America League, much more up for grabs. Nationally, you got three teams that are going to be chasing the powerful Philadelphia Phillies. It'll be fun to watch. But the long, long baseball season started on, what, April 1, March 31st, about 45 degrees out in many of the uh, – Cold weather cities, the long baseball season comes to a close regular season this weekend. It is a grind, and certainly the playoffs are going to be fun to watch, and we will uh, 
try to cover some of the highlights and give you the best of sports coverage one hour a day, five days a week. And here five in total on the two guys in a mic talkzone.com show. You get lost in the football when it comes to October, but you certainly don't want to forget October baseball. And that is coming at you in the very near future. Some good college football games coming up this weekend real quick. Before we take our first break, just to preview some of the um, top games, Alabama, Florida. That one snuck up on me. I didn't realize they were playing that soon. And actually, it really isn't that soon because we're, believe it or not, in the middle of the college football season. Not quite, but we're getting darn close to it. you got Alabama, Florida, Oregon taking on Stanford. I saw Alabama play and I saw Stanford play. And, and just from what I watched in that one game, made the comment yesterday, and I'll stand by it, the best team I've seen play so far is the Stanford Cardinal. Better than Alabama. Not much. But if I had to base it, I only watch Stanford play the one game. I've only seen Alabama play one game. Outside of highlights. Best team I've played, seen play for so far, <laughs> the Stanford Cardinal. They're taking on number uh, four ranked Oregon. That is going to be a great game. Oklahoma and Texas. The Red River shootout. The Texas State Fair. David Olson, if we could, at some point in the near future, we got to do a remote. We got to take the talkzone.com, you, me, a couple of our female interns. Actually, forget about you. You can do the show from here. Me and a couple of female interns will go down to Texas. Suppose I, I got a friend, a listener to the show, Glenview Jack, who goes every year. He's not an Oklahoma fan. He's not a Texas fan. But he goes each and every year to the Red River Shootout. Texas State Fair. You got the tailgating. You got the Longhorn fans, the Sooner fans. Great, great atmosphere. I may head down there. What time is it? Maybe we can book a flight still. If we only had a couple of female interns, then I would definitely book the trip. Our last female intern, by the way, if you're been listening for a while. I'm sad to report that Tammy Hans has become our sixth female intern to lead the show in the nine months we've been on. I try not to take it personally, David, but I, quite frankly, there's no other way to take it. I'd, I'd, I'd like to blame you, but I know you're highly respectable. Both hands above board throughout the entire show. I'd like to blame some others, but I've, uh, you know what can I tell you? What can I tell you? In the meantime, if you'd like to be a female intern on the show, feel free to email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Oklahoma, Texas should be a great game today, uh, a great game on Saturday. And also in the Big Ten, Wisconsin and Michigan State. Excellent battle. Excellent, excellent game. Big Ten football at its best. Opening game, two of the favorites to win it all. Do battle. Mark D'Antonio, by the way, the coach who had the heart attack, he will be uh, at the game. Up in the booth. They're going to keep him off the sidelines, but it's nice to see he is okay and hopefully um, on the way to recovery. He'll be at the game coaching from upstairs. All right, we'll take a quick break. Coach flying solo. The big dog, Joe Redwanski, checking in in the near future. It's the two guys in a mic show. Talkzone.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, blue, 42 red, 17. Touchdown, Miami.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. And we be back. Pardon the uh, incorrect English, but we be back. On the Two Guys in a Mic show, TalkZone.com. David Olson, our producer. David is our media critic in all things television, movies, and uh, retro analysis, etc. Did you see the ratings for Monday night's Green Bay Packers Chicago Bear game? Huge. <whistles> wow. Not just uh, more, definitely in Chicago, but I think even nationally. The National Football League is not uh, dying out by any means, but uh, it, I think it outdrew the Blackhawks Stanley Cup championship game. Game whatever it was, game five, game six. Oh, it's amazing. Football, uh, you know, you could say the strike next year. You could say people are getting turned off for some of the high-priced athletes, but the people are still watching. People are still following here in the city of Chicago. We love our Bulls. You got the Blackhawks. Obviously, you got your Cubs and Sox, but I think most people agree. First and foremost, though, the Chicago Bears have been. I'm not going to say it will always be because things can change, but they have been and currently are still when it comes to uh, what 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 sport really digs deep in the city of Chicago. I think Chicago Bear football. Those Monday Night ranked ratings uh, out of or uh, out of the stratosphere, even higher, even higher than the Blackhawks game, which is absolutely amazing. We got the big dog on the uh, line. Beautiful. Let's welcome in now our normal. Co-host on the show, checking in, I believe, from the Burlington Northern Train, where he is one of those annoying passengers on his Verizon wireless cell phone. It's the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, doing all right. Now, I actually, I'm not on the train, Coach. I'm actually about to start doing this work here, so I, you know, I don't have a very long time. But uh, did I get that right? The, the Stanley Cup final didn't have as good a ratings as the Bears game last night. Is that what game, you just said? Game three. You know how the Hawks captured the city. Uh, you know, it was amazing how they did that. Game three, regular season Monday Night Football Bears game outdrew the uh, clinching. I forget what did the Hawks clinch it in game six. Game six, I yeah. do believe. Yeah. Outdrew not by much, but it did outdraw the Hawks Stanley Cup playoff game. That is amazing. I mean, I mean, it's not shocking, but you know, it's, it's wow. But, but it's absolutely true, Coach. There's something about the Chicago Bears in this particular city. You know, the whole uh, one city, one team uh, little logo that the, or saying that the Bears have. It's absolutely true. Everybody loves the Bears in this city. And there's just something about those 16 games. Uh, it really brings out the passion in people. And, and, mm-hmm. and especially, I know they were only 2-0 going into that game. But, you know, they're 2-0. and The Packers are 2-0. and It's Monday night, a lot of hype. Uh, that's why. I mean, if they were 0-2, they wouldn't have been, you know, wouldn't have had as good a rating, honestly. Well, so. and I think you, but just by saying the number you alluded to, another reason, 16 games. Hockey, you know, I know it was a game six Stanley Cup. You got 82 hockey games. You got 162 baseball games. There's only 16 games. So, in effect, yeah. each game, even if it's not Monday night football, every game is an event in pro and- football. And you think about it, there's only like 120 plays a game. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really weird. These guys practice six days a week for 48 of the 52 weeks a year. And then all of a sudden, 16 days and only a handful of plays when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. And every single play is so important and means so much. So remember, that's one of the big reasons. Remember Dave Wanstead used to always say, well, we really played the other team even. It was just three or four plays. Three or four plays changed the game. We used to always lose. Dave wants that that was his excuse. Well, if you look at it under uh, the young Chicago Bears this year, and the season is new, 
But those little three or four plays of those 120 you were talking about this year, it's the Bears that are making those plays, i.e. the Urlacher forced fumble and the Devin Hester punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. There's, uh, you know, Vince Lombardi used to say it. Uh, I'm not going to give Dave Wansett credit for it because Vince Lombardi was the one who said it. He was like, this, the, the difference between the NFL is going to be one or two plays, and we don't know when they're going to be, so play every <laughs> single play like that's what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. So I, I will take, I would rather quote Vince Lombardi than Dave Wansett. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why. Which one was more successful, Coach? Do you know offhand? Uh, close. We'll check the record book. I believe if we had a female intern, I'd have the inter- uh I don't know if you heard or not, Joel, that Tammy Hands became our sixth female intern to leave the show, so I have nobody doing research oh. for me. Okay, but the but book I, Vince wasn't written by Dave Wanstead, I'm assuming. I'm pretty sure that uh, Lombardi <laughs> just slightly ahead of Coach David Wanstead. Okay, yeah, so that's why I figured yeah. we're going to go with uh, quoting somebody on that particular yeah. uh, uh, theme. Let's go with Lom- Coach Lombardi, yeah. Coach, if you don't mind. And, One, and you know, Wanstead was... Bears fan. <laughs> One step was at Vince Lombardi's uh, funeral back in the day, and he was quoted as saying, don't worry about it, Vince. He'll be all right. He'll be fine. It's He'll be fine. Just a cancer. Just huh? a cancer. He'll be fine. Yeah, it's only a cancer. <laughs> now, That'll, this, this shall pass. All right, David, I think David Olson has brought up the stats. What do you got, Wanstead versus Lombardi? Well, Wanstead was 41-57 and 57 as head yeah, coach of much, the Bears. Much better than his okay, record would um, indicate. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was much better than the record shows. <laughs> his uh, record overall in the NCAA is 36-27. and 27. Respectable. Respectable. Done an, he's done a nice job at Pitt. Uh, yeah. 82-86 and 86 in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Vince okay. Lombardi, I think, did slightly better. <laughs> Yeah, I would have five or six NFL titles. Uh, I would, I would say that. You know, fifty-seven percent winning percentage in college. Not that's no, not that bad. I, I'll be the first to give him credit. He's done a nice job at the University of Pittsburgh. Not great, but he's done a pretty good job. Yeah, they, he's had some talent go through there too. He's yeah. uh, he's been recruiting extremely well. So, yeah. big dog, real quick now. I know you got to leave uh, before yeah. we forget. We got uh, some emailers. You have become the medical expert on the show, and I don't know if you'll be able to get to all of these, but emailers have wanted you to check in on uh, a Charlie Weiss's gallbladder surgery, b Martin Prado's torn oblique, and one of the emailers wants to know your thoughts about the death of uh, Real Quiet, the Derby winner in 1998. Died of old age, uh, by the way. Now, uh, they changed that horse's name to really, really quiet. <laughs> oh, he uh, lived a pretty good for a horse, though. That's a, uh, I don't know if you're a medical expert on horses, but that's a pretty long, successful life for a horse. Uh, yeah, it ended up being uh, they had that horse on human growth hormones and it actually slowed it down. Is that right? Yeah, they're, they're like a horse. You should be on horse growth yeah. hormones. Well, they said after winning the derby, he went out the stud, and let's just say real quiet. Did not live up to his name in the uh, in the stud barn. Yeah, became a real big smoker, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what about the torn oblique muscle of a Martin Prado? That hurts the Atlanta Braves. Have you, in your uh, various years playing sports, ever had a torn oblique? You know, it's kind of funny. Is uh, they when they were given uh, Charlie Weiss uh, the gallbladder surgery? Yes, they had to tear his oblique, but luckily they found out that he didn't even have one. So it's kind of it's kind really? of funny that Martin Prado had to go through the same surgery. <laughs> I thought maybe he had like three obliques in order to. It was, it was, it was just one big one, kind of oh. like his chin, coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but all kidding aside, in the uh, race coming down to the wire, that injury. Martin Prado was a spark plug for the Braves. They already lost Chipper Jones a while back. That's one more uh, chink in the armor for Bobby Cox in a swan song season. 
Yeah, that that they're. I mean, I can't imagine them actually advancing in the playoffs if they actually get in because mm-hmm. it's not official yet. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's too bad. You would you would like to see your playoff teams everybody fully loaded. Do you really get to see who's best? But the Braves. You know, they had the big lead, and they just keep on losing player after player, and mm-hmm. now they're they're in a lot of trouble going into this final stretch run. I don't, I don't know if you're sitting down or not, and I'm going to say this, uh, 90% kidding and 10% true. There's only one National League team right right now that is good enough or hot enough to beat the Philadelphia Phillies in a seven-game series. It's our Chicago Cup. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know what? Uh, it's, it's typical. In years that the Cubs aren't going to make the playoffs, you would always say, man, you'd hate to face the Cubs in the playoffs right now. Isn't it true? Yeah. How many times we've said that it was never a year that they were actually in the playoffs? I hear you. I know exactly what you you caught. You caught me in mid-coffee sip right there. But I know exactly what you're talking about. What? But the, the previous couple of times they've collapsed, people were – I remember when they lost to the Dodgers three straight at that point. We were the favorites, weren't we, to win the uh... – National League pennant, go to the World yeah, Series. Yeah, yeah, they they were they were the favorites, and, and I'm, I looked right into that. I'm like, this is a horrible matchup for the Cubs. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, and it, it was, and I just took care of business. Well, they they they, they blew a, a, a one run lead, and the whole place got quiet. It was. But no, let's not talk about the Cubs collapse. I don't want to talk about that. We have a three and team in the NFC, best team in football, possibly in the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I'm going crazy. I drank it too late. <laughs> <laughs> only right, coach. only thir- to do this. thirteen more I games to go. to go. Big dog, you uh, good luck in the job. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you're getting paid. That's all I can. Yes, 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 every day. Beautiful. All right, stay out of trouble. I don't want to read about you in the crime report. Uh, you won't have to, coach. All right, very good. Big dog checking in. He has not disclosed what job it is he is doing, and, and but he has disclosed next week he'll be back on board full time. So we're good to hear that. But uh, who knows? You know, you can take a gander, make a guess if any of our Listeners out there have seen the big dog wandering around the city of Chicago. Give us a call. 888-463-6748. The phone number. Outstanding medical analysis. I like the way he combined the Charlie Weiss gallbladder injury with the Martin Prado oblique. Not many sports guys can do that. Most people would treat those as separate entities, but the big dog was able to combine them in one. Absolutely fascinating, fascinating sports talk radio. By the way, on the Bears notes, I meant to bring this up with Big Dog, too, that uh, Patrick Manley, you got to love the long snapper. 192, I believe that's the number, consecutive games, most consecutive games in history of Chicago Bear football. I think prior to that it was Steve McMichael who had the record. Now, McMichael played defensive tackle, and he was uh, battling each and every defensive play. Patrick Manley obviously doesn't take... Quite the hits that a McMichael did, but still impressive. And I, you know, you hate to jinx this. Burn the tape, David Olson. But it's unbelievable. I cannot ever, I cannot ever remember a bad Patrick Manley snap. And I'm not even talking about the ones that go over the head. I mean, where you even see the holder go left or right. And who was it that had to replace him one day? Was it Des Clark? Yeah, oh, in, in exhibition. In, 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 yeah, Woo! in the exhibition, yeah. Not good. And you just see how valuable he was because Manley was hurt. Yeah. He had like a strain or something like yeah. that. Didn't well, play you, you, yeah. heard, you hear parents' kid, you know, you want to get your uh, you know, your kid to be a pro player, you know, bend him over and have him practice long snap. That's the quickest. Exactly. Quickest exactly. Well. I, yeah. I was at a party in Oktoberfest over the weekend. Now, keep in mind, it's only September. You know, I have my little hit list. Actually, extended hit list. One of the things on my hit list is that and I hope uh, Glenview Larry is not listening to the show. Fine listener to the program. It was a wonderful party. Glenview Larry and Glenview Natalie. 
But one of my uh, uh, things on the hit list was don't throw an Oktoberfest party until at least October 1st. I don't want to go in September do an Oktoberfest party. Not really that mad about it, but it just seems somewhat ironic slash silly. But at any rate, I'm at an Oktoberfest party having uh, quality brewski, a couple of little sausages with the outstanding sauerkraut. One of the guys there, his son, was the long snapper for the high school team. So I started telling him, and he was not real... Uh, you know, not one of these real sports-savvy guys, just the regular dad. His son happened to be a pretty good athlete, and I kept telling him, hey, go with that. He's only a junior. He's the starting long snapper. That could be. That could be his ticket to a D1 scholarship and beyond. Always a place for a long snapper. Patrick Manley, nicely done. 102, 192 consecutive games. David, you think they'll... Um, statues seem to be... I don't know if it's in other cities, but certainly in Chicago we are becoming statuesque. Any chance after he retires outside Soldier Field? And I think we all know in what position the statue would be. No, a Patrick uh, Manley center snap? Zero, zero Come chance. On. Come on, 1%? Zero chance. They yeah. won't let you, they won't let them put, uh, statues outside of Soldier Field. Remember? Really? Yeah, they won't let them do it. Not even Walter. No, not even Walter. Okay. Don't, don't, don't you remember that controversy? I do, it was, actually, it was about 18 months ago. Yeah. 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 But, but regardless, even if they did let them, uh-huh. no chance. <laughs> What about maybe we, Wrigley Field has a lot of statues. We could just sneak a Patrick Manley yeah, statue they, they over there. Yeah, they wouldn't notice. Yeah, yeah. there's Brickhouse and there's yeah. Harry Ernie Banks, what, what, Billy Patrick, Williams. Yeah, Patrick Manley, yeah. what? What? <laughs> Little five-year-old kid. Daddy, who's that kid? Who's that guy bent over this big butt staring at me? Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, an interesting, too, note on the uh, Bears, too. Lovey Smith, you're hearing him talking, and this this I enjoy. I don't like Lovey Smith. I criticize him uh, fairly often, and I think for the most part deservedly so, but I do like when he came out this way. I like a couple of things about Lovey. I'm going to be fair here. One, he does not throw his players under the bus. He does not openly criticize them in public. Ozzie Smith, Ozzie Smith, Ozzie Gian, if you're listening, could take a little bit of a hint from Lovey Smith. I, I enjoy that part about it. Hopefully, I don't know for sure, hopefully he's talking to them after practice, before practice, in private, having some one-on-ones. If, he, if he's not talking to the press and not explaining, and you sit a guy and then don't have a personal talk with him, and other coaches have done that, I don't, you know, it's almost unfathomable from a management standpoint. And that's what a head coach in the NFL is. He's a manager, not to communicate stuff like that. But there are head coaches that have done that. Well, they're, you know, they're pro players. They got to understand we're going to play the best player. That's fine, but they're still human beings. Twenty-three, twenty-five, twenty-eight. They're talk, communicate. Our good friend Coach Juan said, I remember had that problem with a lot of the players. So I'm assuming Lovey does that. I appreciate that. And then I like the fact that uh, this year in particular, performance-based, not reputation, not salary, but performance-based. And I think, uh, you know, the sitting out Tommy Harris, the wide receiver Arama Shadu, we mentioned yesterday where Zach Bowman, the starting defensive back, had a couple of bad series, Tim Jennings. They didn't just put Tim Jennings in number 26. Spur of the moment because all oh, a couple of bad plays by Zach Bowman. You don't want to do that as a coach either. Because you start yanking players out after a mistake or two, then your players are going to be looking uh, over their shoulder, one eye on the coach, one eye on the field. If you play afraid, if you're afraid to make mistakes, everybody knows you're not going to be able to perform at your highest level. So you don't want to do that. But I think the reason they brought Tim Jennings in, even though he didn't have the big rep, even though he didn't have the big salary, he played his butt off the last couple of weeks in practice. Really good. Making tackles and covering. That's what we're hearing. So Zach Bowman makes a couple of bad plays. In comes Tim Jennings, and sure enough, 
you know, missed a couple of tackles, but he made some plays. Guy performed. Okay? Doesn't matter where they're drafted. Doesn't matter what college they went to. If they can play, if they can perform, forget about the salary, get them in the game. I'm enjoying that. A couple of kudos in the uh, feather of a Lovey Smith. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Our phone number, 888-463-6748. When we come back, a little NBA talk. The Bulls and other NBA teams have opened their training camp. We haven't talked basketball for a while. We'll preview the college football weekend ahead and uh, jump off the sports page a little bit as well. Coach, Flying solo, co-pilot seat open, dial it up, triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Two guys and a mic, we're down one guy. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. David, apparently we have a uh, special, special two-hour barely legal show coming up. Normally one hour each and every Wednesday, but we're going two hours today. Phenomenal. That is outstanding. Am I, I, don't, I, I know you've got the guest list in front of you. Am I one of the scheduled guests for the barely legal show? Uh, no, sir, you are not. Do the barely legal people want me to stick around for any expertise? Feel free to say no. You'll have to check with them. You didn't have to feel quite that free. <laughs> oh, goodness. By the way, you got to be careful. I don't know what their website is, but I've tried looking up barely legal on some of the websites. Yeah, yeah. Woo! It's, it, it's, hey, hey, hey now. It's like putting a loaded gun into a search yes. engine. Yes. Once again, I think... <laughs> Oh, so beautifully spoken. And I think we gave this reminder out to all the young kids out there yesterday, too, and some of the older adults, senior citizens who are, you know, not sure on the navigate. Be careful because your .net, your orgs, and your .coms, you got to be careful where you're going. And, but, yeah, and, and it's barely as bare, B-E-A-R, not B-A-R-E. Okay. Big difference. <laughs> Oh, but either way, you're safe if you go to TalkZone.com and you check out Barely Legal, two-hour show coming up right after us. By the way, I have before me, yes, David, some of the guests. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, it's packed with NFL Hall of Famers. I hate uh, NFL Hall of Famers. Featuring Yale Larry. Yale Larry, Mm -hmm. the old Detroit Lion. Yep. Jim Taylor. Jimmy Taylor running back for the Green Bay Packers. I thought he passed away. Still with us. Uh, Jim Otto. Longtime center for the Oakland Raiders. And Don Maynard. Wow. Wow. Donnie Maynard. One of Joe Namath's favorite targets. There you have it. Right? Ah, oh, I would have liked Emerson Boozer instead. Possibly a Matt Snell, but if I can't get those two, I'll go with a Don Maynard. Beautiful. That's coming up in the next two hours. Okay. You are correct, sir. And coming up in the final 20 minutes of our show as we look over the guest list. Beep. 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 <laughs> 
888-463-6748. You the fan. You are the guest on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Give us a call. Uh, we love Hall of Famers, but uh, each and every one of our listeners is a Hall of Famer. If you can put up for one hour of this sports talk, folks, you are indeed a sports talk Hall of Famer. Give us a call. Anything you want to talk about, sports page or otherwise, we are right here for you. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Real quick, David, I have before me, and Joel needs to hear some of these. We may have to play these back for him, but uh, these are some female comebacks to popular or not so popular male pickup lines. Okay, if we can get off the sports page for just a minute. Uh, and again, common male pickup lines, and these are female comebacks. For instance, if the man says, haven't I seen you someplace before, the woman would say, yes, that's why I don't go there anymore. If the man says, uh, thank you very much, your place or mine, the woman goes, both. You go to yours, I'll go to mine. That doesn't make sense. Thank you very much. The guy goes, hey, baby, what's your sign? And the woman says, do not enter. <laughs> well, you ran out of sound effects over there? Not funny, haha, funny, uh, queer. <laughs> guy comes up. This is pretty, uh, you know, you got to be pretty bold to do this. The big dog might have attempted this in the past. But, uh, hey, honey, how do you like your eggs in the morning? Woman's response, unfertilized. Hey, that really sucked. <laughs> oh, the man says, your body is like a temple. The woman can respond by saying, and sorry, there are no services today. We'll have more. we got to play some of those when the big dog is here. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be here all week. Hey, I can tell you, I get no respect, no respect at all. All right, 888-463-6748. We mentioned right before the break, you got the baseball races going on. you got football fever kicking in. you got the Ryder Cup. All of this good stuff happening in the world of sports and sneaking into it, my favorite, my favorite sport of all. The first practice was yesterday. NBA basketball, the Bulls at the Birdo Center. I'm assuming other NBA, team, uh, NBA teams also started yesterday. Basketball is upon us. It's late September. We don't want to get too excited about it, but yeah, Chicago Bulls uh, did open up their training camp. We got any basketball um, fanatics out there that have been waiting quite a while for a little basketball talk? We can do it here. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. I am getting a feeling here in the city that uh, there's more excitement for this Chicago Bull team than there has been for any team. Relax. I'm going to put in parentheses of the dot, 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 sans the, the Michael Jordan years of recent memory. And I don't know if that excitement is well-placed or misplaced, but uh, there are people excited about the Chicago Bull. Brand-new coach, and there are some legitimate reasons. Uh, a brand-new coach, Tom Thibodeau. You've got a budding superstar, Derek Rose, who is just moving up that ladder, chink by chink by chink. He showed it at the end of last year. And then, of course, he played in the FIBA tournament on our world team and became, you know, wasn't the star, but he was probably their third or fourth best player. Starting point guard. He's getting better and better. So the anticipation of Derek Rose taking that next step, and i got to tell you, from where he is right now, the next step for Derek Rose is top five, top ten in the NBA. Superstar category not quite there yet not quite there yet it might be in that 10 to 20 category but we're listing some reasons why uh, there's definitely some buzz out in the city for uh, the chicago bulls of course the bringing in of new players always creates you know it's always the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence the players you haven't had always seem uh, more likable more enticing if you will and we got carlos boozer coming in and we got um 
you know, Kyle Korver and Randy Brewer, some new faces there. You got some quality bench players like Taj Gibson coming back. They actually only got four guys, four returning players from last year's team. I don't know if I can remember a Bulls team, not too many NBA teams. There's been some, but not too many that have had less than that coming back. Only four returning players from their uh, team that just missed the playoffs last year, right? They just missed it. Did they make the playoffs? Yeah, they did, I think. Why am I drawing a blank on that? Doesn't matter. So a lot of new uh, new blood. And then, and then the other reason for the excitement is it, it's it's amazing how the fortunes can turn for a particular player. But Joakim Noah. I mean, everybody loves Joakim Noah. And three years ago, there were a few of us that liked him, but most people just thought the guy was a complete goofball. I loved uh, I loved Noah from the moment he took that picture with Donald Stern in the baseball cap with the uh, with the, the funky bell bottom pants. Yeah, with the funky and the oh. hair. It, I mean, that was awesome. See, now I would have thought a guy of your oak. I would have thought you would have been offended, but I kind of no. enjoyed that. too. No, I did too. I did too. And the Bulls <laughs> did make the playoffs, but they got drubbed in the first round. Yes, two years ago they gave the Celtics the great battle. Yes, last yes. year they played Miami. Right? Wasn't it the Celtics again? Was it the Celtics again? I don't know. I mean, you know my short-term memory is so bad. But, but uh, is it... Or was it Cleveland? Yes. You're right. Cavaliers knocked yeah, them out. Yeah. yeah. And they got drubbed. They didn't win a game, or did they win one? But they, they, there was a couple of games. It's not like Cleveland destroyed it. There were a couple of games they were actually up. Cavaliers uh, had to battle, if I remember correct. My slow-term memory starting to come back. Into, you know, for a guy that never did drugs when he was young, you would think my memory would be better. Yeah. No, no, yeah, that, no. They, yeah, uh, that's right. There were a couple. Of games. The Bulls were in it for oh, a couple yeah. of games. Oh yeah, Cleveland and had to battle. Like, yeah, yeah, they had to battle, and it yeah. was like, you know, the writing was on the wall for the Cavaliers that they were not going to make it through the next round. Or they, uh, one could say the the Bulls beat them up enough. I don't know. Maybe this is a stretch, but battled them enough to get them a little bit tired, mm-hmm. so the Celtics could take care of. Them. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, the Bulls put up a good fight. Anyhow, so there are some reasons for excitement. People in the city of Chicago, uh, definitely optimism running high. And Joe Kim Noah, you talk about the teams, people, athletes you can carry. I always love to take sports lessons over to everyday life. I think they uh, they apply so many times. And Joe Kim Noah is a great story. You know, most most people. Did not like him. Kind of was kind of a goofball. He had fun, but he was a little immature. Not very popular. Here he is three years later. Three years later, simply based on not that he's the greatest player in the world, but work ethic, enthusiasm, competitiveness, desire, all things we here in the city of Chicago and many other cities really appreciate. And all of a sudden, people, Joe Kim Noah. We can't trade Carmelo Anthony. We don't want Carmelo Anthony if we got to trade Joe Kim Noah. There were a lot of people saying that. And I was... Maybe one of them. Maybe not quite at the height of some other people. But the guy's popularity is just a absolutely flip-flop from the early years. I hope you don't put too much pressure on him because a guy like that, very valuable player, but if you all of a sudden start to count on someone like that as like your second-best player or even your third-best player, you're probably not going to win a championship. But he is a piece. If he can be your fourth or fifth best, you surround him with talent. That's where a guy like Joe Kim Noah, as long as you don't depend on 16 points a game and 16 rebounds every game. All right, 888-463-6748. The main point there is basketball hath begun. NBA teams are kicking it in. By the way, speaking of Carmelo Anthony, that trade, which looked like it was a done deal. Everybody in Chicago disappointed. Ah, I can't believe the Nets got it. Looks like last minute, David, it, it broke off. Yeah, the Nets pulled the plug on it for some reason. Interesting. 
Interesting. It was like a three-way deal. There was no, I was surprised. Because they weren't getting. Well, it was four-way. Four it was way. a four-way deal. Okay. All right. So the Nets pulled the, pull, the wait, did you say the Nets or the Nuggets? I think the Nuggets. I, I no. think, I think it was the Nets that, okay. uh, that pulled, uh, pulled the, okay. uh, hold on, hold on. Cause and now, this and now, all came down this morning. And now Carmelo is going back to the Denver Nuggets and basically says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Whatever happens, I never asked to be traded. Which, you know what, if he's going to end up playing with that uh, team. Yeah, I, I never play. asked, but I strongly hinted. That's not what he said, is it? <laughs> All right. NBA basketball back at you. It's going to be beautiful. We will follow that. Can't wait till college basketball starts. I'm a huge high school basketball fan as well. But right now the focus is on football. Let's take a quick look at college football here. And uh, we mentioned earlier in the show, pretty good weekend coming up. Some top-ranked teams playing each other. First of all, atop the uh, Associated Press and UPI Coaches Bowl, Pretty much the same teams. Alabama still number one. They did indeed get a scare. Almost lost that number one um, position. Arkansas had them up, uh, what, about mid-third quarter, 20-7. to seven. But we said it yesterday. We said it in Monday. Championship teams over the course of the season need to find ways to win games like that. It was at Arkansas. And if you watch that ball game, it was not a fluke game. It was not so much Alabama playing bad. Arkansas, folks. Arkansas, outstanding football team. Bobby Petrino. Back in the college game where he belongs after a disastrous two-year stint with the Atlanta Falcon, doing a heck of a job. Arkansas Razorbacks, they're 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 a legit, a legit top ten team. Alabama able to come away with a victory. Ohio State has not been tested this year. They're number two. Boise State knocking off Oregon State, twenty-seven to fourteen. Wasn't enough. Didn't beat them high enough. Got to kill those teams. And the other thing is everybody who's counting on Boise State automatically to win the rest of their games, easy on that, Cowboy. Hold back the reins just a little bit. There's every one of those teams, maybe not as talented, but each and every one of those teams is all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of weird because all of a sudden Boise State, the classic underdog, the classic Cinderella, all of a sudden for their next five or six games against those lesser-known teams, they're going to be the team everybody's shooting for. So the tables turn a little bit. But it's a horrible thing for the players to hear all right, your toughest games are over. It should be a cakewalk from now until the bowl games begin. Don't want to hear that. And you can't, you know, as much as a coach tells his players not to read the paper with the Internet and everything, people talking, you're going to hear stuff. But that's a tough thing for the players to hear. Forget about that. Every one of those teams is shooting for you. Game in and game out at Boise State can finish the season undefeated. They deserve to play in a national championship game. I don't know if they will, but they deserve to. They beat some good teams already. They're ranked number three. Oregon four, TCU five, and the Nebraska Cornhuskers are back. How about that? It's been a long, long haul. You remember the older fans out there? It wasn't that long ago, maybe 10 years when they dropped out of sight. But Nebraska was a consistent top five powerhouse each and every year, getting the top players in the nation they were known for. Known for getting these big, giant farm boys, linemen, offensive linemen. And they'd bring them in and they'd redshirt them for a year. And during that redshirt year, they would spend basically a third of their time in the classroom, a third of their time in the lunchroom, and a third of their time in the weight room. And they'd come back and maybe as a freshman, they would serve an apprentice. And by sophomore year, they're ready to become All-Americans, a future NFL player. They had that kind of thing going, but they lost it. Tommy Osborne quit the the coach after that, the Frank Solich, couldn't keep it going. At any rate, we're not going to go into a lot of Nebraska football here. The point is, they appear to be back playing great football. 
Thank goodness for the fine state of Nebraska, too, because you felt bad. There's not that many things to cheer for in the fine state of Nebraska. Football was one of the things they could hang their hat on when the uh, program went down a little bit. They were depressed out there. But then I don't know if there's coincidence or not. That Call what you want. I did make my first ever trip to Nebraska this summer, coaching in Omaha in the Maccabi game. So I don't want to say it's not like I gave a pep talk to the football program. I did wander around the fine University of Nebraska. If there's a connection, I'll be happy to be invited back next summer. You you make the call. I make my first visit. Nebraska turns their program around. That's the kind of power I may have in the world of sports talk. All right. Uh, games coming up this weekend, some good ones. Some good ones indeed. Alabama taking on Florida. Marquee matchup. You got Nick Saban going up against uh, Urban Meyer. Great coaching battle there. Maybe the Southeast Conference game of the season. Alabama, number one, taking on Florida, number seven at the Crimson Tide. Can win that one. They uh, have dodged a couple of bullets. That's going to be a tough matchup for them. Obviously, in the Southeast Conference, they're going to get a lot more good games coming. Oregon, number four, taking on Stanford, number nine. Solid battle right there. But a pick Stanford in the upset right now. I haven't seen Oregon play, so that's probably unfair. And I know their coach has got a contract extension, outstanding Head coach Mike Riley, I think he's at Oregon State. I forget who the Oregon coach is, but doing a heck of a job. They're ranked fourth. Number four in the country, TCU. Got to give them some props, too. Ranked number five, speaking of uh, not TCU, but the state of Texas, we mentioned earlier in the show the Red River Shootout this weekend. One of the classics of college football, Oklahoma taking on Texas. A little bit of the um, sexiness of that game. A little bit of the allure of that game has been shot down because Texas not only lost, they lost at home. Not only lost at home, they lost to a two and two. What coming into the game a one and two UCLA team. Not only lost, not only at home, not only to a one and two team. They got killed. They got blitzed. They got battered. Rick Neuheisel and the UCLA Bruins. Uh, if, go back to Friday's tape. I would like to say that I. Uh, I don't want to say I flat out predicted that one, but I, I think I called the upset in that particular. I had no idea UCLA was going to beat them 34 to 12, but that was a big win. So Texas, Oklahoma, we'll see how that game goes. And here in the Big Ten, and again, college football fans, we'll talk a lot about it on Thursday, of course, on Fridays. We have our football Fridays, but, uh, Michigan State and Wisconsin here in the Big Ten. Excellent, excellent matchup. I mean, that game. You go back and forth on that one. Those two teams watching them play this season, they could play 30 times. Each team would win 15 times. That's about as even a battle as you can get. We mentioned the fact that Mark D'Antonio, the uh, very good head coach for Michigan State, back from the heart attack. He's been at practice this week. Taking it easy, he will be up in the uh, booth. Not on the field, but at the booth, coaching the game. I guess, I don't know, is there more stress in the booth than there is in the side? It might, it might, might even be worse up in the booth. He starts getting palpitations. They may have to get him to the sidelines real quick. Back into his comfort zone. But we've got a good weekend of college football coming up. No question about it. And uh, we'll look ahead on Thursday and Friday, as we will the NFL games. Chicago Bears, the Bear fans all excited here at 3-0. We take on the New York Giants on Sunday. And the Giants uh, smarting, hurting after a couple of tough losses. They have gone uh, first game. They looked awesome. Who they play in the first game? I can't even remember who they beat. Dallas? Yeah, I think they beat the Cowboys. Everybody thinking, yeah, there's Giants, you know, Super Bowl contender. A lot of talent on that ball club, but then all of a sudden they've collapsed 
two games in a row, not just two losses, but two pretty bad losses. So which New York Giant team is going to show up? I haven't seen the point spread yet. I think the game is in New York. And I don't know if the big dog was kidding or not when he was saying pick the Giants in that game. One and two against three and oh. The Giants have talent. The Bears certainly a unimpressive three and oh. And again, I haven't seen the spread. Would not surprise me if the Giants are like a one point. If the Bears are favorites, can't be more than a couple of points. I'd be shocked if it's more than three. Be interesting to check out. And don't kid yourself. The Vegas odds makers, they know what's going on. So we'll talk a little bit about that uh, tomorrow. We'll certainly preview some of the football games coming up as the football season heading into high gear. And we got the Riders' Cup. David will definitely uh, cover some Riders' Cup golf. That is always fun. And uh, You know, you watch these golfers who are individuals for 98% of the year, and then for this one weekend, you get that team aspect in the golf. It's so much fun to watch, and you can tell the players really enjoy it too. And, again, it's going to be held in Newport, Wales, which we found out in our geographical lesson at the beginning of the show, is in the United Kingdom. Beautiful. All right. We'll take, uh, not to take a quick break. We'll take a long break. Stick around for Barely Legal, a two-hour show, including four football Hall of Famers. Robin Earl, Dan Spader, bringing you to you. It is the coach signing off. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great day. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Signing off.